And welcome back to A3's The Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Beckwith, here with Logan Kilgore. Yep. Justin Kelly. What's up, guys? AJ Orange. Hello. And Art Charles Jr. Yee! All right. Today, guys, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit on everything that's been going on and try to help out these student athletes that are going through some issues right now. I mean, we've all been through certain things. Uh, we've had to be quick on our feet to make adjustments through different situations that we've been in. And this is a big one, not just student athletes, but literally everybody in the world right now. But with our specialty being what it is, I think we need to pay it forward. And what we'd like to talk about today is really what is the best way to be a high performing student athlete? Because right now there's gonna be a lot of challenges. There's no season, it's easy to fall behind. Online classes and Zoom and all those things, you're not in class with the accountability of the, the classroom and the teacher slash professor slash everybody else that you come in contact when you're on campus, it's easy to fall behind. Procrastination is gonna be a big thing. Responsibility is gonna be a big thing. Focus is another one that I think can easily fall behind right now. So. I'd like to open up this floor to all of us in here. I think all of us here have taken online classes before, but not fully online. Um, you guys are dealing with canceled seasons and all that. So you can definitely relate in that realm there, but it really is. It's, you know, there's a maturity factor there that we have had the opportunity to deal with. We've had the ability to, or the opportunity to grow through mistakes, grow through time, and there's a lot of young student athletes out there that are just being thrown into the fire right now and don't really know what to do, how to do, when to do. And I'd like it to take upon ourselves to help people through this time because it's going to be very challenging. Yeah. Was, you know, when I think about um, online classes, you know, during the season when I was in college, a lot of our, uh, our schedules were pretty crazy. So um, ended up taking a lot of online classes and and one of the biggest things for me, I would just say, is one word, just organization. Like, you've just got to force yourself, especially, you know, a young high school kid. Um, if you can just stay organized and you just know where everything is, you know what times, you know, what dates things are due, what times you need to turn certain papers in, things like that, um, it, it's huge. There's so much, so much free credit that is available as far as when you look at the overall grade, like I've said this before to some of you guys, but I feel like I could write a book on, on how to pass college. And I think it's, yeah. a, it's applicable to high school too. Yeah. If you look at your syllabus, your teacher will provide That's you the yeah. actual roadmap to passing the class and to getting a good grade. And I've said this a million times before. If you look at your syllabus, you're going to have, things like attendance. Okay. That's going to be a little bit different here, you know, in with online class, but I'm sure there's going to be zoom meetings. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, certain login times and discussion boards and things like that. Um, all of those things to me are no brainers. You never miss a zoom meeting. You never miss a discussion board. You never, you never miss the easy things. Right. Right. I, I clump homework into that. Homework is something that teachers literally are putting in Ryan, you've been a college professor before. Teachers literally just want to keep you engaged and continue the things that you've done in class. So it's not like you're teaching yourself. You're literally regurgitating the things you've already learned and putting them either in, you know, question form. If it's a math class, you got problems to do. You got other things. Right. Um, but typically in a class, that's going to be about 60% of your grade. Mm -hmm. Either attendance, discussion board, homework, 
you know, those type of participation type items. Now, from there, you got tests and quizzes, 40%. So let's say you got all 60% because you did all your work and you were a 50% average on your tests and quizzes. Well, 50% of 40% is 20% and 20 plus 60 is 80. Boom, you got to be like, it's not that hard. What happens is people give up so many of the free points. Absolutely. They give up so much of the free stuff because they're not organized because they don't turn in their stuff. There are little homework assignments and you get behind and you just you do yourself a disservice now you're putting so much emphasis on a final so much emphasis on these mm. tests the tests are supposed to be difficult teachers have they you know most college exams are graded on a curve and you've got you know pretty much a 70 to 80 percent average on a test and with that if you're somewhere in the middle or even below middle you've got to count on those other areas of the yeah. grade in order to make up for it. and i think that's huge in organization i think really just staying on top of uh, all the gimme stuff I think with organization also, it comes from the ability to make it relative, right? So, you know, like you're talking about, what is homework? It's the teacher slash professor trying to keep you up on the information, much like would you go into a game without having gone over your cues or your playbook? Would right. you hop into a race in track and field without having done block starts the last two weeks? Would you guys go into a baseball game without a scouting report? Would you go into a max squat without having squatted in the last eight weeks? All of those things are the exact same thing from a relatively relativity standpoint, right? I mean, it's what is the test going to be on? Okay, well, we know eight weeks from now there's going to be a test on the first three chapters. Okay, so what's the homework going to be based on? Well, what we're going over in these <laughs> yeah, three, chapters, three chapters It's pretty simple, right? Stay on top of it. One of the funniest things and tr most true things I ever heard was from Shannon Edwards. He was talking about how um, he was always a pretty decent student, and his parents one time – uh, they were talking about history and I guess he was just bored and hit and I might be butchering this. Sorry, Shannon, if I butcher this, but I think he was like just slacking off a little bit in history because he was bored. And his mom says, how can you possibly not get a good grade in history? I don't care if your teacher speaks alien. It's in the book. History hasn't changed. Right. You know, and when I heard that, I went, that is like the best parent advice I've ever heard in my sure. life when it comes to school, because we are going out of a textbook. Now, unless you had a professor like me that would get the textbook and say, okay, well, this is what the textbook says, but here's what I want you to know. And then it can be a little confusing, but you know, it, it comes down to, like you're saying, it's organization. But when you take that organization, don't allow it to be a foreign thing to you because you do it every day in your life. And like we've talked about before with metrics, it's the same exact thing. It's all relative. If you allow yourself to step into that field of play and allow it to be the same thing and you attack your schoolwork as you do your preparation for whatever sport you're playing, you're going to be okay. Yeah, I, I remember uh, when we used to get those planners. Did you guys have planners? Like, yep. in, yeah, in high school, right? Yep. It, it used to crack me up when people would just like toss their planner off to the side or lose their planner. <laughs> right. I'm like, that is my to-do list. That is my, I write everything in there as far as for this class, this is the assignment that was assigned. These are the page numbers. This is this, mm -hmm. this is that, right? Right. So I don't know if they're going to have those in remote classes, but use that. Use that thing. Make your own. Because, it's yeah, it, I don't care if it's a piece of paper. Everyone's going to do it a little bit differently. But for me, it was always a list. And, and that's just probably how my brain works. But and, and everyone probably does it a little bit differently. But for me, it was like prioritizing. Boom. This one's got to get done. It's going to take me the longest. Get that one done. These ones are easy. I could do those on the way to school. I mean, I could do, you know what I mean? Like I could do that <laughs> in first my, period. In my locker sister. sitting there during art class, <laughs> I could do my math, pro you know, whatever. But 
obviously being remote, you got to force yourself to continue to be organized and you got to force yourself to stick to that list because nobody's going to be there. You know, you're not going to be sitting around a bunch of your classmates and everyone's reminding you, oh, you know, Art, don't forget we got that test next period. Oh, Facts, shoot. Like, yeah. I better, you know, review. You got to be on your on your own. And it's going to it's actually going to do, um, you know, all the social, you know, disservices that's going to happen because you're not around your friends and all that right. stuff sucks. But this is going to be a big wake up call as far as college prep, because in college, you're yes. not necessarily you could live with five people and not have the same major, not take one class in four years together. So yeah. it's not like you're all just passing periods and talking about everything that's going on. You got to be very personal and and self pretty much governing. And a lot of times too, just to touch on that, it's a very good point because in college, because of the schedule that you have to hold athletically, you don't really get to know a lot of your classmates outside of class because you don't have time. You got practice, you got games, you travel. So when everybody else might be becoming friends and hanging out, you're at practice or you're at study table or you're at training table or you're at something. And anyway, one thing and the other thing I was thinking about was from from a competition standpoint in your own head, I think it's going to be extremely easy to get very distracted with this whole distance learning thing, because I can already tell you it's been a conversation in a three about kids joking around about how they're going to pre-record themselves and then put it in front. I'm like, okay, that'll work. Give me a break. You know, I'm going to put a cutout of myself. Okay. Again, that's not going to work, you know, but it's, you know, it's like, you know, you look at it from that standpoint, people are already thinking about just distracting themselves and doing other things. And it's like, use that as a chance to train yourself because all of you guys can sit here and attest to this sitting in film after being in class for five hours is very hard to do and concentrating and staying alert is not fun and then have to go to special teams practice and then have to go to this and that and the other like all of those things i mean it's it's very easy to get distracted and not want to do those things so i would say it at any point right now take the opportunity to challenge yourself to stay engaged I think yeah. I think touching on what you guys were talking about, I mean, organization obviously is huge. Staying engaged is huge. But if you don't have discipline, I feel like discipline is a big thing that that surrounds both of those things. If you don't if you're not disciplined to, like you said, the plan or the schedule, what you have going on. OK, knowing I have to do this, I have to get this done. If you're not disciplined and you stay on yourself or you stay consistent with your um, your scheduling, your planning, your classes, right. and your athletics and being engaged with everything, mm -hmm. that's when everything's gonna fall apart. So I think this time is gonna, is gonna help, uh, I think it's gonna help people to realize like, hey, I gotta be, I gotta have discipline if I'm gonna have success. And that's something that's huge about professional athletics and college sports, you know, and everything is discipline. Knowing your schedule, picking out your time, saying, okay, look, at this time I gotta do this because I don't have time to do it later. I got to go work out at this time. Okay. After that, I got class at this time. Then boom, I got, okay. I have a little bit break for lunch. Okay. Then after that, I got to go to the second practice of the day for two days. You know, then I got to go to my night class. Like you're going to have to make sure that everything's on time, but you're, um, you're on top of it and you're disciplined within that schedule that you set. Yeah. I, everything we're talking about just puts me back. You know, how did I plan my day when I was 20 years old and you know, my junior mm -hmm. year of college, I had practice at 3 p.m., weights at 6. Your day from that is about eight, nine hours of in-class, you know, maybe at home for a little bit. Maybe I get like 30 minutes to go home, play Xbox, whatever. You learn then. You learn even when you're in class. Time management. We were talking about right here. Organize your day 
organize your space, everything like that. So the double-edged sword when it comes to online classes is, hey, I'm not hanging out eight hours at school. I'm not spending this idle time. I have more efficient time to learn the content of what I have to do. But that comes with a discipline. You have to be able to do it on your own because not as many people are telling you what to do. So I going back and I still do this is you got to create a dialogue with your professor. You got to create that still recurring way of um, having a conversation with them. So it just comes down to you have to be your own motivator because you aren't being told as much from other, other parties to keep you going. That's yeah, huge. I mean, what you just said about you're not going to have as many people on top of you trying to get you to do the things that need to be done. Okay, so for those of you that are out there that want to be a collegiate athlete or a professional athlete, here is a wake-up call right here. You are about to experience firsthand what it's like to be your own person trying to make something happen because right now in the recruiting world as far as college athletics goes grades will never be more important than they are right now because you can very easily drop your gpa three or four tenths down you do that guess what your sat act has to be higher so there's already a, a thing that you don't want that slide to happen two there's no competition right now so what is going to set you apart? What am, if I'm a college coach, what am I using as a metric to see if you're somebody I want in my program? And if you allowed your grades to fall, I don't, there you go. I'm moving on to the next person because I already know when things are hard, you're not going to step up and that's not the person I want. And then not having someone to, to constantly be on you again, that's being a pro right there. That is being a pro 101. You don't have the advisors and the coaches and the trainers and the everybody making sure you're where you're supposed to be. You are your own boss. You are your own CEO of your brand. You are an entrepreneur of yourself. And if you don't take care of those things, like you guys have seen a thousand times, those guys that started with you are not with you now. You did it. All of you guys did it. And that's why you're still doing it. And there's a lot of people that do not. And this is one of those times where you can learn how to come out of that. Yeah, I, I think uh, this time during the pandemic and everything, it's going to separate a lot of the people. Like Absolutely. The people that are focused or organized and, you know, shout out to Coach Baxter at, at Fresno State. He's at USC now. But he introduced something to us like academic game plan where they gave everybody a binder, mm -hmm. everybody a planner. I wasn't a big planner coming out of high school. I kind of just as things came to me, I did them then, but then you get to college, you got to worry about schedule, got to worry about practice, got to kind of get a little bit more organized because you got classes and everything. Um, you know, seeing your academic advisor, all these things and schedule. So give everybody a planner, force us to write in it, force us to meet with our position coach and tell us, Oh, I've put everything in the schedule. These are my classes. These are when homework is due, writing everything in a planner forces you to be organized, knowing when things are due, knowing when things got to get done know when you got practice and stuff like that so again and for me i think it it should be easier now because you don't have the training sessions or whatever to you know distract you from actually doing the classwork or whatever it is but again without that there's other ways for people to get distracted right you uh ryan talks about how people kids are looking for reasons to get distracted because it makes it easier now because there's nobody on top of them with that being said again uh, it's gonna it's gonna separate people you got to be one of those people that that want it you know what i mean you got to continue to want it what are you gonna why do you continue to stay on top of your work because there's no season but when there if 
in fact, at the end, there is a season, you want to be ready, want to have your grades up. So when that recruit scout comes and they're recruiting you and they're like, oh, he stayed on top of his grades. He's done everything. He might not be the best athlete, but because he cares and he tries, we might want that guy more than anybody else, right? For sure. It goes back to that lonely work that Logan talks about, you know? Mm -hmm. They can trust that that person's going to do the lonely work. They're going to do the work outside of the work everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. And without, you know, they always talk about, like, what you do in the dark will show whenever you do it in the light, Absolutely. right? They'll show in the light. So just to give you a little kudos right there, Logan. For sure. Appreciate that. <laughs> I would uh, – I I've kind of got a couple things. Number one, I would say that <clears> – <throat> This is a huge time for a high school kid. Um, I've got some friends that, that teach here in the in the high school district. Um, and, and just speaking with them, there, there's a couple of things that, I guess, advice um, that, that I would say. Number one is the teachers are still going to be available. Um, you can you can still reach out through email, still you know get on the phone with your teacher. I would definitely advise doing that, um, especially if there's things that don't make sense. Obviously, in a group setting on a Zoom, um, or on, you know, any of these online platforms, it's not going to be as easy to get your questions answered. It's not going to be as easy to, to clarify things, but it would go a long way with your teacher or your professor to shoot them an email to something personalized. Hey, I know, you know, we don't know each other very well, but you know, I'm so-and-so and you know, this didn't make sense to me in class. Is there a time I can get on the phone with you so we could further, you know, um, explain this to me. Uh, we talked about that in a previous episode, just how big that is as far as the teacher actually knowing who you are. When yep. they put can put a name and a face to the paper that they're grading, they naturally are going to hold that in a different light. And they're going to know that you're putting in the effort and, and rather than somebody that they've never heard of. Um, that would be one. Number two is to resist the temptation to use all these online services where you Google the questions and get a scripted answer. There's been a lot of teachers um, I know here in Kern County High School District um, that have put in these bait questions that they submit to all these online, um, my you know, whatever those things are called, where it, yep. like you put in the question mm -hmm. word for word and then boom, it pops up and somebody's already supplied the answer. They have <laughs> their own staff being told to put on these questions and put these answers out on these websites. And they know if you drew from there, it might be an unsolvable question. It might be a some sort of a, it's I'm serious, I've seen it, yeah, and it just, and all of a sudden, it's something that maybe is not in your textbook, something you shouldn't know, other than if you Google this question, and I'm just telling you, they're going to be out there looking right. for that stuff. It's, Mr. Yeah, Kelly, it, back it, at yeah. it again, huh? Oh, wait, wait. Well, I, I, I learned that the hard way, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've done both sides, and I think of the the Quizlet type studying, I'm talking about the couple days before, you're just cramming. Yeah. I don't know, I think everyone here has done that. I've done that, and for it's sure. the worst, but the best yeah oh yeah the mm -hmm. frequency one man where you do it 20 minutes a day and it sounds cliche but like 20 minutes a day is better than three hours one time art is a better hitter because he works every day not because he put ten thousand one day and then took the next six days off right like, you guys are all yourselves because you work on it every day so you can't cram in 20 you know an hour a day cram in 20 just every day try to get it and you'll get it as you go quality more than one minute yep. yeah one quality cram session you'll lose it quick. Just know the material by just having it be part of your day. For sure. My my last point was also going to be that um, there's not going to be the electives um, as far as the high school district, as far as shop and, you know, uh, mm -hmm. welding and all those things. Right. So it's, it's, there's two sides of that coin. Yes. Those are important, especially if you're going to go to a trade school or do something like that. But if you're trying to be a student athlete, um, 
those classes don't count towards your NCAA clearinghouse. They are strictly there as what they call non-core classes. So this is an opportunity to not have to do a lot of the busy work in those other classes if you're truly trying to pass the NCAA clearinghouse and become, you know, a, uh, a qualified um, person out of high school, then you can spend this time and get your math, English, history, yep. all the core classes, get those grades up and set yourself up better for the SAT, ACT. I think what a lot of people don't really get is when we start talking about grades and GPA and all those things that come with it that, you know, when we take the honors classes and the AP classes and you get the extra point for that in your GPA and you have a 4.3, like Logan was talking about, you know, when they're looking at core versus everything else, when you have a 4.3, that doesn't mean that the college you're going to or that you want to go to, that you're applying to is going to look at your GPA and go, wow, they have a 4.3. Let's bring them in because you have many, 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 many students that will have above a 4.0 GPA at their high school. And they'll say, I can't believe I'm not getting into XYZ school. And it's because when you start looking at those core classes and your actual GPA, because you got a B here or an A minus here or whatever, or you you know, whatever those things are that gave you a perfect 4.0, well, that's actually a 3.0 in many cases on some of those uh, AP and honors classes. So now you're behind somebody else. And I actually learned that from Kat with March Consulting about how the the colleges will break down your GPA and it's not what you actually think it is. And so it's really important. It's just what Logan was talking about, that you got to pay attention to the entire picture here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're looking at the rest of your school year, um, you know, the start of maybe your junior year, your senior year, whatever it is. Um, it, it's wild. I have two family members that are college men's basketball coaches and, uh, you know, one's at, at Regis University in Denver and one's at uh, Cal Poly. And both of them um, speak all the time, you know, oh, yeah, you should see, you know, this player such and such. What's his grades look like? What's his grades looks like? And, you know, unless you're going to a public university that maybe you might be able to, you know, definitely the school that I went to, we could play around with, um, you know, recruiting guidelines, stuff like that. And we'd get a lot of players at Middle Tennessee that could not get into other schools because of the public university. But you really got to know the schools that you're trying to contact, because at the end of the day, there's so many players that that my brother-in-law would want to go and recruit. But if you can't make grades, there's no point in making contact. And it's just, it's not somebody that's going to fit into their, into their deal. So if you're looking at a school, you know, whether it's USC, Pepperdine, um, a lot of these, these academic, um, schools, you got to make sure that your stuff's in order because yeah, those coaches might love to have you on the field, have you on the court, whatever, but if they can't get you into, into school, they're not going to waste their time on you. Absolutely. I think we might try to bring Kat on the show. If we can get her on the show, no pressure there, Kat, if you're listening, but you know, I think it would be important to have someone's frame of mind that she has and the information that she has to sit here and talk about it through. Cause we can sit here and talk about what's going to be expected from a coach all day. But when it comes down to getting in, if you're an athlete that has already been accepted on your own merit, or you have the qualifications to get in on your own merit and you don't have to expect a coach to try to drop a small standard or try to pull a favor with an advisor or an administ you know an admissions person you're three steps ahead of everybody else because when you start talking to a coach like yeah i've actually already been accepted you what oh well you just made my job really easy you know and i think that's something that would be extremely beneficial to our listeners 
I think there's zero scenarios where having worse grades is better off for you in your athletic career. <laughs> right, no doubt. There's not one. <laughs> student, yeah. Yeah. yeah, athlete. Student first. Yeah. Student athlete. I think everyone here knows a couple people or just people in general. They know they had the talent. They were the one, but then somehow a grade and eligibility, something got in the way where they had everything they needed. And like all of us, you got through the trenches of college, got through the trenches of those early on years because that is going to be able to separate you going forward. And that work ethic you learn there is no different for online school. You have a lot more efficiency because there's not as much idle time, but you need to put more initiative into time for your career, time for your training, time for talking to your professor. You need to reach out to them. It's not, you don't have that natural occurring time to see them. So we got to put the effort in. Well, especially when there's 25, 30 people per one teacher slash professor, you can't expect that. And that's one thing that I think we learn as we got older is that you cannot expect that coach or that administrator, that advisor, that teacher slash professor to actually know everything that you need because they've got 70 other people to deal with. And in some circumstances, hundreds of people that they have to deal with on a weekly basis. And that's something that's really important to understand that if, again, it goes back to like we were talking about here a couple of weeks ago, when it comes down to an injury or comes down to something that's bothering you, you've got to communicate. I mean, that's the number one thing. And if you think that somebody else who's got a job, whose job it is to keep 200 people in line with what they're trying to do, Get, they don't want you to fail. Let's not forget that. They want you to pass, but they also expect you to do the things that you're being asked to do. And so if you're not doing those things and you just think, oh, well, you know, the, the advisor will tell me what to do or the professor, they'll make sure that I, you know, that I, they'll be able to tell me how many homework assignments I'm missing and so on and so forth. And I can tell you from a professor standpoint, no, I can't unless, <laughs> unless mm -hmm. I go onto the computer, which I don't have in front of me. So now you're expecting me to do that when I'm at home. I'm probably going to forget by the time I get home. So unless you've emailed, you know, I mean, it's, that's your job, your job. You had the assignment, you do it. And if you don't do it, if you're asking me how many homework assignments you've missed, you know, <laughs> you've missed, missed a lot. Uh, missed too many. And you're like, there's this weird, like gambling outside shot chance you think that you might have that maybe somehow I credited you two or three of those assignments. You know, it's like, no, you messed up. You should have done your work. For sure. And I think the reason why we're harping on this so much is it's, we're looking at this through a student athlete's per perspective, right? Yeah. It's, it's not just, you know, about being good in school. It's about if you want to further your athletic career, you have to be. I'm going to read a couple of stats real quick, just as far as if you're not playing football or basketball, your scholarship more than likely is going to be a partial athletic scholarship in the event, hopefully, you can cover the rest of your tuition through academic yeah, success. In case yeah. you haven't listened to our other podcasts, I'm just going to tell you right now. Baseball, 11.7 scholarships. And this is all Division One, by the way. They go drastically down Division II. Uh, Division Three does not have scholarships. And then NAIA, some schools do, some schools don't. But talking Division One, you got 11.7 in baseball. You got 12.6 uh, in track. Think about 12.6 scholarships for every single person on that team for yep. four years. It's not like 12.6 in your freshman class. You're talking no. about seniors that might be all-conference, sprinters, whatever. Those are going to – they're going to get the scholarships. So – um, you've got uh, uh, soccer, nine. 
you got swimming and diving nine, you got tennis four, golf four, um, you know, volleyball four and a half, uh, water polo four and a half. So, I mean, if you're trying to get a scholarship in these sports, you've got to have academics because Mm -hmm. it's so much easier for a coach to look at your academics, look how it lines up with getting a scholarship academically. If you get a 70% scholarship academically, you become a more, uh, you know, a higher valued target as a recruit because all I have to use is a 30% scholarship. And guess what? You get a full ride Mm -hmm. because of the way that we can structure our academic side. So if you are the guy that doesn't, you know, you're barely passing and you barely get qualified to be a division one, you know, NCAA clearinghouse athlete, it's going to be difficult for you to get a full ride anywhere unless you have those grades. I mean, it just, it's just not going to happen. So it's so important. And this time being away from, away from instructors and away from your classmates and all that stuff, it's going to eliminate so much distraction. If you just force yourself, um, you know, to be disciplined, like Art said, and be able to, you know, stay on task and be able to get the things done. Because I mean, honestly, that's, what's going to separate yourself. You, you got so much opportunity now to retain the knowledge that's going to help you to get further. Yeah. Just create good habits, right? Yeah. Does it take like 21 days to create a habit? Just keep doing the notes. Uh, planning out your planners, everything consistently going through these classes. And then eventually it just becomes your lifestyle. Well, I can't uh, stress it, it enough. Easy. I mean, we become, and, and I was guilty of this in high school. I got okay grades in high school, but I was obsessed with being ready for whatever season it was. And I worked, I was never at home. I was always outside. I was always working out. I was obsessed with it. It's all I wanted to do was get out of where I was at high school. And all I focused on really was the sports aspect. And I cannot stress enough as I've gotten older and I've been in different positions from coaching to teaching to everything that that obsession, that, that drive to do something, it's relative. It's absolutely relative because I use it to run my business. I use it to be a father and a good husband. It's the same thing. If you can take that obsessive nature of wanting to succeed, you can apply it absolutely anywhere. And if you're tough enough to go out every day and work out and want to get better and so on and so forth, then you're tough enough to do this. You just have to make the decision to do it and understand how important it is. Because ultimately, at some point, as we all know, and Knock on wood, it's not going to happen for any of you anytime soon. Sports is going to end. At some point, it's it's going to end. I will tell you from firsthand experience, it ends. And what do you have to go back on? If all you've ever been was obsessed with your sport and you didn't take that obsession and that thought and put it into other aspects of your life, good luck. Sports end, and that's a tough conversation for everybody. But yes. also the sport... It goes on without you. That's that's yeah, that's a the great sport, point. The sport goes on without you, and For like sure. it f- forgot all about you. Yeah, and we talk. We have all the sports playing in spring now, right? So now everyone Maybe. has a okay. Yeah, that's we'll, what they say. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but uh, the fall now is just isolated to your studies and training. Yes, There's not as much time commitment there. So you, everyone here, has something else to do besides their sport. Everyone yes. else here has other priorities they put in their time. So that translates from your college skills and all the stuff from our early professional life is all translated to our habits now. Absolutely. So now these people are in a situation where, hey, I have two things to worry about. My 
academics, but I have a lot more time to focus on that right now. Yes. Let's make that priority and compartmentalize the training. And vice versa. And I think it goes back to, you know, we were talking about this when this whole pandemic started, that you have an opportunity right now to make change. You have a huge opportunity. So you got to take it from the standpoint of, well, you know, you started the season as a starter, you got hurt, and then you lost your job, right? It happens every season to somebody. This is that same opportunity that if you didn't have the grades that you wanted, or even if you had really, really good grades, now is a time to get to a point where your grades become almost to the point where you don't have to work so hard to keep those grades up. You don't have to be so stressed. The anxiety levels don't have to be so high to keep those grades there because now you have an opportunity where your schedule is going to change and you have the opportunity and the time to dedicate creating a rhythm inside of getting rid of procrastination, not being stressed out about volleyball practice, track practice, football practice, whatever that might be. And now you have an opportunity to really hunker down and find a rhythm for yourself. Like AJ was talking about with notes and we were having the conversation earlier today and, you know, about taking notes and, and understanding what's going on and not just looking at the PowerPoint that the professor gave you or the book, or like Logan was talking about writing a book of passing college. Well, 101, show up and don't be distracted. Two, take notes of what is going on so you can interpret it because you are the only one that understands how you think. So if you hear somebody say something, write it down of how you understand it. Because if you, if you don't take any notes whatsoever and you have all these thoughts, because right now we're all having different thoughts in our head about different scenarios that we've been in in our life. And if you don't write that down right now in three hours, you won't remember that you had that thought. Don't be the one that has to look for a pen or ask somebody for a pen when the professor says, write this down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Bam. Be prepared. That's number three. Are you going to pen? Oh, yeah. I've, I've always right. been that guy to, to take notes. And that was like, like I was telling Ryan, that was like one of the biggest things that helped me was just learning how to take notes. Right. I would go to class, lecture, or whatever it was. And I would, typically just write down the things that I thought would be hard for me to retain, right? It wouldn't be like the syllabus or whatever, it's little stuff like that, but it would be stuff that I would find that was like troublesome or things that I would feel like, oh, I, that's something I need to focus on. And like Ryan said, putting it in your own words makes it easier to, to remember versus just writing word for word what's on the board or whatever it is, trying to remember something verbatim. If you can put it in your own words, recite it like, People use flashcards for stuff like that. And then it, it, you know, your memory starts to kick in. And you're like, oh, this is how I remembered it. This is what I said. And in my own words, it makes it easier to remember. Yeah, it's, it's your language. Mm -hmm. your Absolutely. Language. Yeah. Well, think about, so when I go to take a test or think about being in a game situation and stress happens, which is just like taking a test, same thing. How do you remember, Logan? And this is, this is right up your alley. When it, it's game situation, it's third down and nine, and you know when you run this set, let's say it's three receivers to the right, you know that they're set up in this defense. But you guys go into motion, so now you got doubles. Okay, you know now you have something to fall back on because you've studied. But there's also a 
a thought process that you go through. And if you took notes while watching it, that you know the safety number 24 actually cheats forward and you've thought about what you would do when that happens and you wrote it down. If you didn't write that down, that may not be a thought that occurs to you when your guy's going into motion and 24 starts stepping up. Can you touch on that real quick about just what AJ was just talking about with the interpretation and what Art was saying too, that it's so important to take a key concept and put it into your own thought process because when it comes down to the stress aspect of taking the test, the only thing you can fall back on is your own thought process. And if you didn't put that thought process down on paper with every other thought that you got to go through through the day mm -hmm. and the three weeks leading up to that test, you're probably going to forget. Right. I, I could probably, uh, <clears throat> not probably, There's I definitely book could. You could write about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could go to my storage unit right now and pick up every game plan that I've had since 2013. Wow. And they're all sitting in different tubs and different years. And I keep everything. I keep all my notes. And what's funny is, you know, a specific item like what you're talking about in, in our league, uh, teams are going to do one of three things. They're either going to do what we call rock and roll where the safety comes down and the other guy goes high and becomes the safety. Uh, when you send somebody in motion, somebody's going to track him, go with him, usually man coverage, or they're going to bump. And a little note would be, okay, like you said, three by one to two by two, boom, they're a, they're a rock and roll team, boom. And so to somebody else, it doesn't matter if they look down at my notes and, oh, what, is that, what does that mean? Roll, what does yeah. that mean? Right. I know what it means. Right. And that's the only thing that matters. And, and it it's clicks. the same thing in a class. Okay, this, 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 boom. There it is. Like, it's not about, you know, being able to publish your notes into a newspaper and have everybody retain information. <laughs> Absolutely. It's about what's going to help you. You know, yeah. how many times you write down so much unnecessary information that you're just writing down to fill up a notebook and be like, look, teacher, look how many notes I took. Yeah. yeah but what actually mm -hmm. helps you? Like, what do you actually need? Because sometimes when you're writing, you're missing what's being said. Um, and, that's and a, so, yeah. If anybody read my notes, it wouldn't make sense. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's why it's supposed to be. Um, but a huge, you know, we're talking about all these disadvantages. Um, but there's a lot of opportunities that we're talking about as well with this online learning. One of them that, uh, one of my family members as a professor, he, he was talking about if, it, if a teacher is using the zoom program, every user has the ability to hit the record button. And when you hit the record button, you could rewatch a lecture three, four times if you want. Oh, there was something I missed. There was some, that's a huge advantage. And if you're sitting in a classroom, you can't hold up a video camera and then go back and rewatch it. But if you're online, there's a lot of opportunities digitally. A lot of teachers are going to be archiving their, their lectures or their, you know, their class days, whatever. In the event that you're not there, they're just going to be able to submit a file to you. So another way to reach out to your professor would be like, Hey, or your teacher, you know, I, I was sidetracked and missed a couple, you know, sentences you said about this, this, this. Would you mind sending me the class file from yesterday or whatever? Or like I said, hit the record button and rewatch it. You know, if you've got stuff going on, whatever, you're sitting there and maybe you're not retaining information and you want to rewatch something. That's a huge advantage that you wouldn't have if you were in-person learning. So um, I think that, that's a big point that if you're sitting in front of your computer screen, you know, do things in that way to give yourself an advantage. Don't take the easy way out, you know, Googling things and, and trying to take shortcuts. I, for me, I think a big understanding of, of growth and learning something and you're uncomfortable with a su subject or content is knowing there's, there's not really bad questions. There's, there's things that don't make sense to you that would make sense to someone else. But being able to know that it's not a bad re reason to reach out to your professors. Hey, I don't fully understand this. I have transparency problems with this, this issue right here. Let's deal with it because like we talk about, we, we do it every day. We built to, to study every day that creates those synapses in your head just fire because you now are having your personal 
you know, thought process to be able to go onto the paper and ex execute the test. So whatever it is, word association, whatever it is, you're going to have the ability to make your own thoughts about it because it's going to be different than Logan's going to be different yeah. than Mark's and we have to be able to. Well, that's the that cool thing about that's the cool thing about going through that process, though, is that if you actually consider what's going on in a lecture, let's say, and Logan's a professor and he's talking about something, and I I resonate with what he's saying, and I have a thought, write that thought down, because that's what's going to make you remember what's going on. It it's those things that you can relate to, and that's the biggest thing from a communication standpoint. You know, giving speeches is, you know, what do they say that 90% of people, that's their biggest fear or something like that is public speaking. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, well, what's one way to overcome public speaking? Because what if you have to get on Zoom and present to your entire class? And you're like, uh, I, you know, <laughs> you don't want to get caught in that scenario where you feel uncomfortable. It's about being relatable. Can you take the concept that we're talking about and make it relatable to yourself. When you can relate to it, it makes it much easier to talk about and communicate about. And that's where you can go back to what we were talking about with metrics and all those things of going back and actually communicating yourself to yourself. Like you guys were talking about after game scenarios that if something went wrong or something went really well and you would have conversations with either yourself or somebody else, the same thing can be going into a test that if you are taking down thoughts that resonated with you while you were listening to a lecture and you just go through those thoughts and you start thinking through all of these different things, it makes it so much easier to walk into this test and go, okay, well, I, I've, I've talked myself through it. You know, and it's, it's not just reading a book anymore. Yep. I agree. I agree with, with every point. Um, just your language is going to, is going to, like you said, it's going to click to you. And if you can remember that one thing and, it, and that one thing can click, it's just like getting information from a coach, getting information from um, two different, you know, teachers or two different mentors or whatever. One, they might both have the same message, the same information they give you, but it could just be the way that somebody says something mm -hmm. that, that makes that little click for you yep. because your own language is what you understand the most. So if something becomes yours and if something, if that little thing is going to make you click, I mean, that's different between, you know, high performance and low performance, whether, whether it's athletics or a test or, or life. Yep. Yeah. I would just touch on one thing that Justin said about asking questions. Um, I always feel like, you know, questions show two things. Number one, it shows that you're trying to get clarification on something you don't understand. But number two, it also shows that you care. And it's, it's, if somebody's asking you a question when you're a professor or if you're a teacher or whatever, it means something to them. They're trying to figure out an answer, right? And uh, in my limited experience, when I was doing my MBA program, we had to student teach in, in some classes. So I taught a freshman economics class and it was uh, microeconomics. And the two most frustrating things um, that I saw when I was in my limited time of, of teaching was... Asking a question, when somebody asks a question of something that you literally just said, that's frustrating because it's like, <laughs> I literally just said that. Or number two is when they ask a question on something that you're about to say. And it's like, all right, we're getting there. Like, I know you're reading the text, but we're getting there. And you got to kind of ask questions in the right way because there's an easy way, especially with this online learning. You know, if you're always putting up your hand, you know, doing this and that, make sure that you're engaged in the conversation, because if somebody is just asking questions just to ask a question, 
it's just frustrating when you're a professor. <laughs> like, obviously, Timmy, I understand that you're trying to show that you're participating, but I literally just said that. So let's try and stay on task a little more. And my my biggest advice would be ask a question in a way when the teacher says, are there any questions? Or send that email. Send it. Contact them privately because asking a question when they're in the middle of a lecture kind of throws people off their game a little bit. And I would wait for those little breaks because most good teachers are going to give that. Boom, I'm giving these points. I'm right in the middle of explaining something. Okay, does that make sense to everybody? Boom, hand goes up. Try to like participate in the flow of what they're doing because every presenter that is up there is trying to keep your attention and trying to get that kind of result from you. And I, it goes back to like when you're going to training, right? Don't just train to train. Train on purpose. The same thing goes with intent, in, yeah. right? Intentional, deliberately, right. deliberate, be deliberate in your actions. And I think the same thing goes for questions. And, I, and I'm hoping those questions come from, you know, scenarios <laughs> like <laughs> you got to be present, whatever it is, you got to be present, learn this in college. You got to be where your feet are because now you have different abilities to communicate in different backgrounds and different parts of your day where absolutely you're engaged in that part of the time where now you can't be thinking about something else while you're having a zoom meeting with your teacher because now oh yeah johnny what's your question oh i wasn't even paying attention the last 10 minutes so right. yeah. i'm sorry i've been thinking about something else it's like you, you've got to be working on that while it's happening and then be able to store that for the next time you have to use that right being present for whenever your engagement for that happens you know you're ready to go yeah i think you guys just said it all right there i mean what's the best way to pass we just went through a four or five different <laughs> points yeah. you know of, of what to do and i think ultimately it comes down to you've got to be organized take the time to learn and be purposeful in what you're doing mm -hmm. absolutely be purposeful in what you're doing make the academic game plan has actually been all over the country now um you know it started, it started at fresno. At fresno yeah started yeah. at fresno Especially, state yep. and I, I mean i heard about it when i was mm -hmm. you know around you know, doing different things and, and forcing on them and yeah. then it becomes a habit everyday way of life made yes. life so much easier just learning how to use a planner and planning yeah. everything out i was never a big planner guy but yeah. then they make you do it it become a way of life now it's you know second nature i mean that in itself could be a good resource just google academic game plan absolutely because the information's out there and this is not reinventing the wheel at all from a standpoint of how do you get through something like this yes it's different for so many millions of people, this is going to be a really weird time, but it's not new to the world. We've all, you know, our our forefathers have been through all this. Our ancestors have been through things like this. Things will get harder at some point in life. And the fact that we don't get to play this season and we don't get to go on campus, it's going to be okay. And there are there are advantages right now because if that's not your absolute strong point, you have an opportunity right now if if training and being diligent and being purposeful in your academic career are not your absolute number one make it that way right now you have an opportunity right now to make that change make it happen right now we cannot stress that enough for sure and i mean little things when you're learning in high school not everything you're going to learn in your entire academic career is going to be used in your life right like i don't need to know <laughs> in order to complete a pass that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell <laughs> or no, what no. who was no, no. involved in the war in 1812 or any of that stuff, right? You don't need to know those things, but I tell you what, time management, discipline, time on task, priorities, 
all those things, if you learn those at a young age, that will carry you through into your adult life, into your family, into your whatever. All, all that stuff is is super, super important. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's, and that's also, we, we focused on those things as well, but we also talked about the focus. Yep. And that goes back, we didn't, I mean, we wrote, we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but the the sleep and your eating habits as well, you yep. know, just diving into those things, making Stay sure you're, 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 you're resting, you're getting the proper rest, you know, and you're also getting the right foods in you so that you can perform in the classroom and on the, on the field or the court or whatever, you know, your, your athletic, you know, go, goes yep. to your war zone. KD isn't going to get you through the NCAA clearinghouse, <laughs> right? You are responsible for your own life, right? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> Esports, there are. I think there are those now. No, actually, they, 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 I think I totally, they totally do. Yeah. But I think Art's point to and what AJ just said to to wrap this thing up is, you know, we talked about a lot, and part of that discipline, part of that self tracking, part of the metrics, part of all those things that we're talking about does come down to one of the most important things. Your brain and how you process information is going to be directly reflected by the fuel that you put into it. And you will not have the brain power that you need if you're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's online. I'm going to eat chips and Twinkies and all those different things. You've got to eat well and you've got to hydrate. Yes, you're not out working out all the time. You're not going to practice for three hours, but you still have to hydrate. It's just how the body works. So you got to take care of yourself 100%. Discipline is discipline. Well, fellas, another good one. Thank you very much for being a part of it. Hope you guys enjoyed it out there, and we will see you next time. See you. See you. Thank you, guys.